welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Gip Gerard. Our guest this week is Dr. Anne Louise Gittleman. She is the author of the new book, Radical Longevity. Look, this book, she's amazing. She talks very fast. She has a lot of very dense information that is super important if you would like to protect your body and your mind so that you can age well, so that you can age in the healthiest way possible and have the most, not just the most years in your life, but the most life in your years. She is an amazing woman. Uh, we're going to talk about her age, the fact that she's, I, I, I can say this because she says it in the interview. She's 70 years old and she is still writing books, doing research. The amount of information uh, that she has available at her fingertips is mind-blowing. You need to hear this if you would like to grow into the best version of yourself, to age into the best version of yourself, this is the key. So that's coming up, uh, Radical Longevity with Dr. Anne Louise Gittleman. We also have two quick pieces of intelligence that you guys can use. Keep them in your pocket, share them with friends, whatever you want to do. That's coming up in a second. But first, we need a quick word from our sponsors, including Rocket Mortgage. This part of Intelligence for Life, the podcast, is presented by Rocket Mortgage. Need to know what it takes for a home loan to fit your budget and your family? Ooh, Rocket can all right, here we go with two quick pieces of intelligence and then right to my interview. If you, like all of us, would like to lose weight, prepare to slow down your meals. Because when we rush through a meal, we tend to consume 200 extra calories. The solution? The University of New Mexico recommends taking a 15-second break between every bite of food. That'll help you feel full faster and calm your stress hormones, which makes you reach for comfort foods and make the body store more fat. But by slowing down, and taking a 15-second pause between bites, you'll eat less and feel just as satisfied. In fact, doing that is even more effective than some prescription diet drugs at helping people cut calories. So there you go. Slow down your eating, and you can lose weight without changing anything else. If you are about to become a first-time parent, you know somebody who does, everybody tells you, and it's not untrue, you'll never sleep again. The truth is, you will sleep again, uh, just not for very long, and it'll take about six years, according to new research from the UK's University of Warwick, which tracked nearly 5,000 new parents for a decade. As you may guess, the worst sleep, obviously, as the father of three, I know this, occurred during the first three months of a baby's life, with moms losing about five times more sleep than dads, fair enough, mostly from middle-of-the-night feedings and diaper changes. Uh, I changed a lot of middle-of-the-night diapers, just going to put that out there. Researchers found that even when children started kindergarten, about age five, moms and dads still got significantly less sleep than before they became parents. This is, this is true. Uh, in fact, a whopping 83% say their school-age kids still wake up multiple times during the night, waking them up too. And interrupted sleep can lead to brain fog, irritability, weight gain, and strained relationships. So... How can you and your kids get a better night's sleep without having to wait six years? I, I Tell me. First, create a routine that starts at the same time every night to help your child settle down for sleep, like a bath followed by a bedtime story. It'll prime your body, your body clock to expect sleep at a certain time and make sure your child gets regular exercise. That's key. That'll get them going to sleep on, on time because kids that burn off excess energy are, and are actually, actually tired are more likely to fall asleep and stay asleep. Uh, I look forward to the day when I can, when I can sleep in again, the, the real kicker when I, when I, before I had kids, you know, Saturday mornings, I, after the end of the work week, I'd sleep in as long as I felt like it. And now, uh, I gotta, you know, I gotta get up, I gotta get up at like five 30 and start making breakfast and then get the kids to soccer practice. It's a totally different world. So, uh, looking forward to maybe in retirement, I can get some serious sleep. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see if that happens. Folks, that's it. That's intelligence for your life, a uh, little bits that you can keep in your pocket. And now, the meat of this meal, this entree, my interview with Dr. Anne Louise Gittleman. 
Dr. Anne Louise, uh, you, you are a longevity expert, but most importantly, you are the author of the new book, Radical Longevity. Thank you so much for being a part of our show today. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Uh, so, you know, in addition to being an expert in this field, you yourself practice uh, uh, this radical longevity. I mean, you are a very active. I don't want to say your age or I, uh, I'll ask you your age. You can st- no, you say my age. I'm 70 <laughs> years. I wear my age like a badge of honor. I'm proud to be 70 years young and, and living longer and saging in the process. I don't believe in aging. I believe in saging, living more, getting Love more it. wisdom as I get older. Right. And that is and that is the that is the sort of. Uh, element of your of your expertise and your book. You have these seven new rules for radical longevity. And I think the best way to do this is to just dive into these seven rules. I mean, we all want to live, not just live to be older, but, but put more life in our older years because we see that uh, what's happened to a lot of people, people are living longer on average, but what's in fact happening is the quality of life is declining rapidly as soon as they leave the workforce. So, uh, you know, what are some things that we can be doing? What are these seven new rules that will get us to not just live longer, but have more life in our longer years? Well, one of them is called immunity is everything. And that's very important to us, especially now in the age of COVID and so so forth as we're coming out of the pandemic. We know we have to do everything we can to improve the immune system. So that's where vitamin D comes in handy, which is actually a hormone. That's where zinc comes in handy. That's where quercetin comes in handy and even melatonin. So there are all kinds of nutritional things that you can do and getting yourself a little humidifier in the house to prevent the dry air from getting into your system, which is a carrier of virus. So just getting a humidifier will prevent against respiratory illness. There's a ton of things you can do because I believe, Gib, that aging is a privilege. It's a sacred privilege that's denied to far too many people. Mm -hmm. So do whatever you can do to preserve your body, mind, and health for as long as you can and to live into the age of saging. I love it. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit more about this immunity concept. So I've heard before that dry air again is where the, is where viruses live and that moisture is able to, to help us. But we, but we, if you use too much of a humidifier, you end up with mold in your house and all of these, how do you find that balance? And are these new air filters that are very popular, the, the electric air filters, are they able to do the same thing that a humidifier is able to do? They absolutely can. You need to keep the humidity between 40 to 60%, according to some of the studies that I reference in the book. So it's the 40 to 60%, and you can even use a few essential oils like your eucalyptus and tea tree oil to clean out the humidifier. Oh, wow. So the, so the idea is that there are easy things that you can do that everybody can do that don't cost a lot of money to really protect your immunity. Because your immune system is your best is your best. I would say is your best friend against any of the advances of the modern day environment, whether that's bacteria, whether that's virus, or whether that's parasites, or the, even the EMFs, immunity it will make us an, into an invisible fortress. So, uh, and and how does that? I mean, obviously, if you obviously you want to prevent yourself from dying from disease, right? From dying from from virus and pathogen borne disease. But uh, aside from that, is there, is there a longevity component to immunity aside from just protecting yourself from an early death from, from pathogen? Well, the interesting thing is, as we study some of the long, long-lived people, that we find that many of them have a real protective gene. It really is in the gene. 60% of them have a um, mutation that allows for better cellular repair. So we want to do whatever we can to kind of replicate that, which means restricting food intake, do a little intermittent fasting. We want to make sure that we're living a life of purpose, that we're living a life of humor, that we have a lot of social interaction, and that we're living a life in which we give gratitude every day. Those are the important things in terms of immunity and long, long, long life, longevity. That I mean, okay, so that I, I understand that, that that 
the like the connection to culture, the connection to purpose, how that how that helps. Um, you you brought up um, uh, you brought up intermittent fasting. Uh, I re- I recently heard this thing about um, basically our cells have, have have two modes. They have like cleaning mode and they have growing mode. And you kind of need both modes in order to survive, right? But what we have in our modern society is too much growing mode, not enough cleaning mode. And the cleaning mode comes when we're at calorie deficit. Yes, exactly. That's the autophagy that everybody's talking about, which is why intermittent fasting intermittently is so important. But I use that with caution because if you're intermittent fasting on a daily basis, you can break down muscle and muscle is very important to keep us to keep us independent. So you want to make sure that you're not doing it too frequently. Very, very important to get enough protein in your diet, which can be lessened when you're doing the intermittent fasting, but do it cautiously and do it maybe once every three weeks, once every month, once every quarter. That's the important thing. So too much of a good thing can be too much of a good thing when it comes to longevity and health. So explain to me when you say once every every three weeks or every month or every quarter, does that mean you do it for like a series of time for that period or just one day of intermittent fasting every three months? I would do two or three days a week for for a certain period of time. Maybe you take the third week out of the month and just practice that because too frequently we'll start to lessen protein. Protein is important for muscle strength, and muscle strength is what gives us our independence, especially as we get older and people start to have an sarcopenia. So you have to be very careful with all these newfangled methodologies and strategies. It's not good for everybody. We're so very unique. It's finding our unique path, and that's what I write about in Radical Longevity. Right. Uh, so let's, let's talk about this idea of... Uh, um, you, what did you say? Uh, the the muscle wasting is the technical term for that is what now? Sarcopenia, which Sarcopenia. is really one of the things I get very concerned about. And what I see with people that intermittent fast because it's such a fad these days, Gib, is that when they're fasting all the time, they're starting to lose protein. I see their levels on blood tests go down very quickly. So you want to make sure you're getting enough protein a day, sometimes up to 100 grams. As you get older, you actually need more protein to feed that lean muscle mass, which keeps us vital, keeps us alive, and keeps as being able to function properly so that we're not an independent we're not in any kind of living situation where we're actually needing assistance right and and skeletal uh, skeletal muscle lean mass is the is the key to is a, is a big helper in that very big helper. So that's where your weight training comes in handy. That's where walking, even if you're walking up a flight of stairs 10 or 20 times a day, all that is so important as we get older. That sure. that means it'll keep you out of assisted living longer. So we want people to feel independent, not to feel dependent as they're getting older. We want you to feel better. The best years of your life should be the rest of your life. Yeah, I, love, I love that. It's a great takeaway. Um, so you're talking about, about, about lean mass and talking about how it helps preserve independence. But um, I've, I've talked to other people, metabolic experts, who, um, who talk about how good it is for managing your, your blood sugar, right? Like that, that having a lot of lean mass, how that helps with blood sugar, which helps with inflammation. And one of your rules is glycation end products. Does that tie into that? To some degree, it does, because those are toxic waste substances that you get by overcooking your food, using a lot of dry heat in your food, and tightening up your muscles, your tendons, and your ligaments. So it's not just what you're eating. It's how you're cooking that's so important. <clears throat> that's where the dry heat has to be omitted from the diet. That's where you need more moisture and low heating. Say goodbye to high and dry. Wetter is better. Okay, so I love every little like one-liner that you have to end. I've one of come the queen of sound bites as I've gotten into my seventies. <laughs> um, okay, so so high and dry is bad. Explain what you mean by dry heat cooking. Like, do we do we need to? Are air fryers bad? Do we need to get rid of our ovens? Like, what is the, what, what do you mean by that? 
The, the typical methods of using high and dry heat would include roasting, broiling, grilling, and frying. So you don't want to do those on a daily basis. You should never grill unless you marinate. Marinade can actually reduce the amount of the advanced glycation end products by 80%. So you want to marinate, marinate your fish, your chicken, your vegetables even with some sort of acidic ingredient with a little bit of herbs like your thyme and your rosemary primary antioxidants. But we're finding with some of the latest research is that too many advanced glycation end products is a real trigger for the aging process. So you want to reduce that by the method of cooking and the foods that you're eating. That's why I don't rec recommend a lot of bacon, cheese, and butter in my program because they're very high in the advanced glycation end products that we find in oh, every wow. disease condition known to man. That's why this book is so important because I talk about things that nobody talks about. I mean, I'm 70 years young. I want to live until, until 120. So I've got to look in places that nobody's shined a light on before. Right. Um, so what get let's get into the nitty-gritty like when you talk about marinade I would have thought I would add I would add lipids like butter and oils to the food in order to get the marinade in there I, obviously sugar-based marinades are a bad idea for a number of reasons or maybe they're not I, I would I would just I would assume we have too much sugar in our diet. Uh, well, well, we do, but you want an acidic base, so that would mean a little bit of the wine, glyphosate-free wine, organic wine. It means a little bit of acid in the form of lime juice or lemon juice. It means a little bit of liquid, and that's where the bone broth comes in handy or some sort of vegetable broth, and that's where your herbs come in handy, and that will reduce the glycation by 80 to 88%. So that's a very easy fix. And then if you can get into stewing and get into steaming and get into braising and get into slow cooking that's the most healthful way to eat on a daily basis so i wouldn't i wouldn't be using the air fryer daily i would use it on special occasions so i was going to ask are we, do we all need to be getting our crock pots out is that the way to do this from now on yes get those crock pots or get get those glazed earthenware pots and pans that are on the market these days yes indeed Okay. And you've got and you've got to be cooking under the under 180 degrees to preserve the enzymes and the living force of foods to make foods tastier. So the way that you're cooking is just as important as what you're eating, and nobody's really talking about that except for me now and radical longevity. Okay, so you say keep the stuff under 180. Can you get meat hot enough if you're doing it at under 180? I mean, and and do we need to? Uh... Do I mean? Do we just need to break the top end of our oven so that it doesn't go to that to a higher a higher temperature? Well, you need to get certain pots and pans that actually cook in a vacuum seal, and that'll cook the food in its own juice, and it'll cook the food thoroughly. And even cooking with a lot of garlic is very important to get rid of the microbes and the bacteria, cooking with a lot of thyme in terms of virus, and cooking with a lot of rosemary that enhances antioxidants. So there are lots of little ways that you can enhance the cooking process by just what you're choosing and how you're cooking and what the method of cooking is. I tell people to throw away their microwaves, however. That is not a good cooking method, at least for a primary method of cooking why and why why is that why why it no destroy, it destroys enzymes and it, the food does not cook thoroughly as a primary method of cooking so you really want to get that crock pot i like the clay crock pots because the food seems to taste better quite mm -hmm. frankly mm -hmm. so low and slow get back to the, what we used to do in the 70s before you were born my friend <laughs> all right I, I mean look i i love a good crock pot like I make crockpot chicken all the time. I think it's a great way to just, and then you can make an abundance of it and, and eat it all week. So now that I'm hearing that this is the best way to cook, uh, and again, you know, garlic, thyme, those, uh, those, uh, and uh, rosemary. Don't rosemary. forget rosemary. Yeah, it's basically it's the uh, Simon and Garfunkel song: parsley, sage, and rosemary, and thyme. I was just going to say. We <laughs> 
You got to get it because we're saging as we get older. Right. Yes, indeed. Right. All right. So garlic, sage. Par- so think, think, basically cook in your crock pot. Actually, it's all Simon and Garfunkel. So you think about the 70s. <laughs> you get your clay crock pot out and you add all the stuff from the song and that and, and, and you're good to go in terms of, of, of how we cook. Uh, water, yes, and cooking food in its own juice or a little bit of water, a little bit of broth is really the key. You don't want anything that's dehydrated and dried out. That's mm-hmm. really what the key is. So things that are crispy are not good on a daily basis. Got it. Got it. So, so goodbye to a lot of chips, a lot of processed food. But we know that processed food and refined oils will make you older before your years anyhow. So you just have to attribute that to snacks. And you know what the best snack is that's lowest in advanced glycation end products? Apples? No, popcorn. Really? Yes, popcorn. It's usually non-GMO, so get some organic popcorn, put some coconut oil, some olive oil, a little salt, rosemary, sage, garlic, and thyme. Wow. Okay. I mean, that's, see, that's my favorite Friday night snack. So uh, a little bit of, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, use a, I'll use coconut oil to cook it, not uh, canola oil, I'm assuming? Yes, you do, or olive oil, or macadamia nut oil, which is the healthiest oil at a high temperature. Thank you. for So uh, and, yeah, do, do, do you, that's another question, right? If you talk about some of these oils, they often break down at heat um, and, and they change. And so, you, if you, you know, I've heard before not to cook with olive oil, but to add it later. Is that is does that fit in with this idea of radical longevity? It does, especially with the advanced glycation end products, one of my radical rules. So you want to add oil later in the process. But if you're going to use oil and you need some oil for cooking, even for basting or even for that marinade, the very best one is macadamia nut oil. It's the highest in monounsaturated fatty acids, a little bit of omega-3, and tastes absolutely delicious. So macadamia nut oil to the rescue. And the best snack of oil, the best nuts of oil, are macadamia nuts. They're the, the best for your system, best oil. They do not go rancid. I get really cringed when I see people eating a lot of almonds and almond flour, which can often be rancid because of the polyunsaturated fat content. Oh. So go, go for the mac. Why, uh, wh- when you talk about it going rancid, like why, why, what keeps the macadamia nuts intact and why, what goes bad in the almonds and how would we know? Well, it has, a di- it has a different fatty profile. So you got more monounsaturated fats in the macadamia nut oil. You have more polyunsaturated fats that are very sensitive to heat, air, and light in the almonds. So if you need some kind of flour, because almond flour is very popular yeah. today, Gib. As an alternative non-gluten-free uh, flour, yes. The best one on the market is chestnut flour. I discovered really? that. Really? Yep. And it's been used for years by the Italians and absolutely tasty, absolutely tasty and delicious in cookies and cakes and uh, crackers and in pizza crust. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, so then I'm going to apparently I have to get some chestnut flour. I've never even heard of that. OK, so we're going to be using macadamia nut oil to cook. Uh, we're going to be using uh, chestnut flour when we're cooking. Uh, you, you also have this uh, toxic overload is one of your rules. Take on toxic overload. What is toxic overload? Is that is that coming from our food or or what's that coming from and how do we take that on? It's coming from the environment. Uh, I mean, it's making us older before our age. It's giving us more vulnerability to autoimmune conditions. So you got to reduce the toxic overload coming from the EMFs. We all live with our cell phones in this day and time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you got to reduce the toxic overload from the heavy metals, from the aluminum, from the mercury, from the cadmium, from the too much iron in the, in the environment, too much copper. So you, it's all environmental assaults that we can easily 
lessen our exposure to if we know where it's coming from. And that's why I devote a whole chapter to get rid of the heavy, to getting rid of the heavy metals, the molds, the fungus, the bacteria, the virus, as well as the EMFs. Easy swaps to get rid of those things. Because the issue is not that we're going to stop these things from assaulting us. Right. It's that we, our body is not excreting. So you have to really enhance your ability to get rid of, not stop it from occurring in the first place. How do we begin to do that? Because I feel like heavy metals in our modern life are here to stay. I mean, there's, there's not really an alternative to, to cadmium for our batteries. There's not really an alternative to copper for our piping at this point. So how do we begin to... Well, see, that's why I wrote the book, because there actually <laughs> are alternatives. You're asking all the right questions. You've, re- you've read the right script. <laughs> the, right que- the right answer here is that you can get a water filter to prevent the copper water, the copper from getting into the, the water that you're drinking. That's a divalent copper, which is considered toxic and can stockpile in the brain, leading to Alzheimer's. So you want to make sure at the point of where you're getting your water that you have a water filtration system. Reverse osmosis will block copper, and there are many other different forms on the market. That would be number one. To get rid of excess copper, which can be a precursor to Alzheimer's and enhance the the formation of the beta amyloid plaques and the neurofibrillary tangles, you want to make sure that your vitamins and minerals contain no copper. You want copper-free and you want iron-free in that regard. So if you're cooking with pots and pans, and we're going back to the cooking methods, it's so easily controllable. Get rid of your copper and take a ferritin test for stored iron to see what your iron overload is, because that's another precursor to Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and ALS. So I'm looking in places that nobody's ever looked before, because I really want to live till 120. Right. And these are easy swaps. Just getting a ferritin blood test to see what your levels are. You should, you, there's a sweet spot of the people that live the oldest in the world. They have a ferritin level that's much lower than the reference ranges that you get on typical labs. And so you're going to want to just replace that cast iron pot or pan. You're going to get rid of the copper in your kitchen and getting rid of the aluminum foil by just using parchment paper. Easy peasy. Uh, you make it sound. I mean, you you just rattle off all of these all of these really quick changes. And um, I, I've heard you say the alternative to our cast iron would be um, would be ceramic, right? You want us you want us all using ceramic cookware, like over well, there's, over Teflon, I'm assuming. And and uh, there's there's a non leachable. There, there's ceramics on the market that are non leachable, that are non metallic, that are non chemical. That would be good. I, I like old fashioned stainless steel that's a high-grade stainless steel where you're actually cooking food in its own juices. I like that the best at less than 180 degrees in a vacuum-sealed container. I like that. And I like the clay. I like a glass-enhanced clay where there's a glass glaze that prevents the clay from leaching into the food. I'm loving the clay pots and pans that are on the market because the food actually cooks in an infrared environment and food tastes a lot better. So that's what we spoke about earlier. And I think it's very important to use those things to get rid of the extra Mm -hmm. copper, the aluminum, as well as the iron that's coming from those cooking utensils that you use every single day. So detoxing your kitchen is a real focus of radical longevity. It's not just detoxing your body, it's detoxing your kitchen. Yeah, that, I mean, because again, that's what you're putting into your body, right? Like you have your you have different protectors that are uh, that are available to you when it comes to environmental stuff. But once you ingest it, it's it's a whole different ballgame. Well, yeah, and there's a lot of aluminum that we're finding in people. I mean, there's about 150 papers that were published by Mr. Aluminum over in the UK, Dr. Christopher Exley, where he showed that that people that had Alzheimer's had an inordinate amount of uh, aluminum in their brain tissue. Of course, these were autopsies that were performed. So we want to get rid of the aluminum as much as we can, but there is a... 
there is a preventer of aluminum, which is silica. So if you're drinking water, get some Fiji water because that's the best source of silica that we know of that's in a liquid medium. So that's that's a very helpful adjunct there. For mercury, people that have the mercury fillings and have had them for a long time don't want to give up the big fish, you know, that are high sources of mercury. We know that selenium is an antagonist. And when it comes to copper, we know about zinc and manganese and molybdenum. When it comes to iron, you just have to give blood, donate blood. That'll help you and help the person you're donating to. <laughs> okay, so that's that. So you, okay, let's go back because again, you give us a lot of info with with every with every soundbite. So you're saying uh, counteract uh, uh, mercury with selenium. Yes, it's a it's a wonderful antagonist. It's a very important antioxidant. It's very deficient. Oysters, right? People. Oysters are good, yes, provided they're from mercury-free waters. We have that. Vitamin C is a very good chelator of mercury, and making sure that if you're getting your mercury fillings replaced, that you're doing it with a dentist that knows what they're doing so that you don't have a lot of mercury that's getting re-released into your body systemically. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, the, the next, you, you gave us some stuff with, with, with zinc, uh, you were saying? Zinc is the antagonistic mineral to copper. So oh, if right. you're taking, so if you're drinking from copper water pipes, as one third to two thirds of the entire American public is, you want to make sure that you have adequate zinc. But it's also the most important mineral for immunity. So zinc, you got to think zinc, and we that's where pumpkin seeds come into play. That's where meat comes into play. That's where the shellfish that you mentioned may come into play as well. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, uh, and then, lastly, like you, you've, you've mentioned a lot about about iron in our in our system, and, and you say to get to get tested for it, and to get rid of the cast iron pa- pots and pans, and get and switch to a stainless steel ceramic. We've, we've talked about that, but what are we supposed to do if we get our blood test back, aside from give blood, and our iron levels are too high? If they're too high, which we know is a precursor to not only cognitive dysfunction, but major precursor to heart disease, we've got to, besides giving blood, what you have to do is you have to use iron antagonists. And those would be drinking a little bit more red wine with your red meat because that's an iron blocker. So that's a good thing. I mean, this is not not difficult stuff to really integrate into a radical longevity strategy. You want to also use more green tea, which is an iron blocker. And the antioxidant for immunity, which is quercetin, which is a primary iron blocker. So there are lots of little tidbits that I talk about in the book, but nobody looks at iron. Iron was important when we were growing up, but as you as you start getting into your 40s, 50s, and 60s, you can start to stockpile it. Got it. And, and it really did does not belong in the system. We evolved in a low iron environment. So the lower, the better when you get older. The healthiest people in the world, and I'll say this again, have the low, lowest ferritin content, lowest stored iron. So you want to approximate and replicate what these long-lived populations do. You want to be a super ager. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the idea. That's why we're talking. Uh, the book is, of course, uh, Radical Longevity, uh, which, which has more on these seven rules, including uh, things like Wi-Fi and how our Wi-Fi is aging us. Um, uh, I, I am going to let you go very soon, but I do want to cover Wi-Fi. I want to ask about coffee, and then I have two more final questions. So, so what is the Wi-Fi doing to us, and what are we supposed to do about it? It's breaking down DNA, and it's releasing intracellular calcium into the cell, which is not where it belongs. It belongs outside the cell. So you want to get a calcium blocker in your diet, which is none other than magnesium. Magnesium is the best calcium blocker known to man. I'm a big believer in magnesium, Gib, because I think it's the original chill pill. <laughs> so not, I'm telling you. 
<laughs> I, I love I love that. So so here's the point: to really stockpile your reserves because you lose magnesium under stress. We've all been under a ton of stress lately. You mm -hmm. want to get five milligrams per pound of body weight. That'll that'll really start to stockpile your reserves the way they should be. Supplements, or can we get it dietary? You can get it dietarily into with a lot of green foods, but most people lose it too quickly because of the stress that we're under. So I would say to get it dietarily or take an Epsom salt bath, which is calcium, which is magnesium sulfate rather. Oh well. Wow. And make and make sure that if you're taking a vitamin and mineral supplement, that you have a ratio of two to one in favor of magnesium, because we also evolved in not only a low iron environment but a low calcium environment. So magnesium is the is the antagonist. Okay. All right. Well, there we have it. Um, and then, what do we do about that Wi-Fi? Aside from protecting ourselves with magnesium, do do we unplug it at <laughs> night? What do we do? We do. We we disable it. We, we we disable the router at night so that you're living in a or sleeping in an environment that's kind of like a safe haven. And I be really believe in getting rid of all the electronics in the bedroom. I think that's very important. And then as much as you can, get earth, get grounded, put your feet in the bare bare earth as much as you can to kind of discharge the negative and chaotic electricity. Uh, should we sleep in Faraday cages? Should we get a little uh, narrow copper cages? Ideally, we probably should, or some sort of canopy, but you, you can't do that in this day and age. You just want to make sure that you're disabling that router. That will help you tremendously in regenerating your system and taking extra melatonin, which is a real protector against EMFs. Uh, okay, well, uh, we are, and then how about my coffee? Am I still allowed to have my coffee? Yes, provided it's the coffee I talk about in Radical Longevity. It's the healthiest coffee in the in the country, low in mold, high in organic substances, very high in chlorogenic acid. That's a very important fat-burning uh, material that will be very helpful in protecting your waistline, protecting your liver, protecting your brain, protecting your heart. So coffee has become a superfood if it's clean. How do I know that it's clean? Because it should say mold-free and organic. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Dr. Ann Louise, uh, thank you so much for your time today. I'm going to ask you two last questions. Aside from buying the book, there's a link to buy it in the show notes. Uh, how can people follow up with you? I would go to annlouise.com. I would go to radicallongevitybook.com. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and be my pleasure. <laughs> All right. A, a link to your social media accounts and those two websites in the show notes. One last question I ask it to everybody. What is one thing we can all start doing today that will make our lives a whole lot better. Give gratitude. Be grateful yeah. that, we're, that, that we're living because, as I said before, aging is a privilege, is a sacred privilege. Right. And be so grateful that you're going to be aging and saging into a time of resilience, power, passion, and health. I love that. Dr. Ann Louise, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much. That's it for our show today. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like the show, please rate, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out a lot, more than you actually know. So the more you do that, the better it helps. Or if you know somebody that needs to hear this, somebody who's aging, somebody who will be aging, and hopefully we all get to age, uh, share this with them. If every one of you did that, it would double our listenership, and that would allow us to keep making these podcasts for you. So please do that. If you want to follow up with us, facebook.com slash John Tesh, at John Tesh underscore IFYL on Instagram. I'm Kip Gerard. You can find me at Facebook.com slash Gib Gerard, at Gib Gerard on Twitter and Instagram. I try to respond to every mention of the show, every DM, because ultimately I do this show for you guys. So thank you so much for listening. <laughs>